uh, as Dennis was saying, the blessing that we are to y'all, but y'all don't realize the blessing you are to us, each and every one of you. As we log on each week and listen to the messages that are brought forth in this house and from the network, we are, we are truly blessed. We are blessed individuals to be able to walk alongside of y'all and partner with y'all for uh, what God wants done in our nation and in our world. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Wisdom Seekers class. My name is Cece Collins, and I'm your teacher for today. And I want to share with you how I came up with my topic. Uh, I was in prayer one day, and the song by Rita Springer came on, No Other. And those words have just been ministering to my spirit, been going over and over and over in my mind. And so um, uh, my title is Fountain. And I got it from this, her song, where uh, the title of her song is No Other. And some of the lyrics that are, are in this song is, No other fountain but you, O Lord. And I know all of y'all have heard that, that song. And another lyric in it is, All my fountains are in you. And so the, the Lord had just been uh, speaking to me about this topic. And this is how I, what prompted my study for today. Uh, God is, is our only source of power and strength. And so as we begin today, my focus is going to be on God being a source of satisfaction to us, our complete source, and also, also uh, the fact that we are a source of satisfaction in His eyes. Um, well springs of water flowing over us continually. And in this year of wisdom where we wa welcome the light into the darkness, we need to draw from that fountain, and we need to draw from it daily to, to give us the, the strength that we need to uh, function like God has called us to. On your handout, the definition for fountain is um, the Webster definition, and it means a natural spring of water, a source or origin of something. And uh, God is a source and an origin of something for us in our life, isn't he? Amen. Uh, the first scripture that, um, uh, that I'm going to be looking at, I have two issuances in uh, the Bible here in Genesis. Uh, the first one is a Hebrew uh, definition, and uh, the word is, if I pronounce it correctly, mayon, mayon, and it uh, and it means in a sense of a spring, a source of satisfaction, a fountain, a spring, and a well. And in Genesis seven eleven through twelve, it says, and in the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventeenth day of the month. The same day while all the fountains of the uh, great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were open, and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And I, as I said, uh, let us look at this meaning of this word, um, this Hebrew word, uh, fountain, meaning mayon, being a source of satisfaction. Can you just imagine that when the rains came, that it must have been a source of satisfaction for Noah? Because he'd been, uh, it was confirmation from him that he had indeed heard from God. Because, you know, he spent years and years building this boat. And I'm sure that the people would, uh, you know, in his community would wonder, why in the world was he building such a large boat? But God had heard from Noah. God had continued to follow the right hand of God in direction for him and his family's life. Following direction from God can, can uh, make us look strange to people at times. 
and all of us have faced some of those same opinions from others. There have uh, been people not relating to um, our calling and our direction from God. And we must continue to press on looking only to our Father. So when uh, God gives us direction, gives us, um, gives us something that he wants us to do, we have to be obedient no matter what it looks like to people, right? The next issuance, uh, the second issuance in the Bible is in Genesis 8, 1 through 3. And it says, And God remembered Noah and every living thing, and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters to a swag. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the face continually, and after the end of the hundred and fifty days the waters were abated. God was faithful to Noah and his family, and he led them through the flood, and he gave them direction on what to do. God is just as faithful to us when we follow his uh, voice. When God gives us direction um, to us, we need to trust him to fulfill his promises. When God leads us into the places of ministry, he will be there to direct us. He will, God will never fail us. He will never leave us. When we take the light into the darkness, as we are in this year of wisdom, God will be there to guide us in the pathway that we need to walk in. And this next um, uh, Hebrew word is the word ayan, ayan, and it means an eye, a face, a favor, be pleased, pleasure, or presence. And I entitled this next uh, part, Provision. And in Deuteronomy 8, 7 and 9, verse 7 says, For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains, and depths of that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of those hills thou mayst dig brass. Here in this scripture, it says God's eye, his face, and his presence was upon the Israelites, and he was their source they lacked for nothing, and he provided everything they needed. The Bible even tells us their shoes didn't even wear out. It is his pleasure to take care of his people, and we have that same assurance today through God's provisions. In Proverbs 8, 22 through 31, 22 says, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way. Before his works of old, I was set up from everlasting from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains, and this is that, um, the word, meon, abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth. When he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he gave to the sea his decree, that the water should not pass his commandment. When he appointed the foundations of the earth. Then I was by him, as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always in him, rejoicing in the habitable part of the earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. In this scripture, we have two different meanings of the word fountain, and the first talks about God thinking of us before creation, and we were, his, we were on his mind, we were a source of satisfaction and a delight. 
And the second speaks about his eye was honest, and this, uh, his, his face was before us. And face here is the word, the Hebrew word, uh, panah. And uh, it is simply the role of the presence of God as it works within, within and through us. And I uh, got that out of um, a quote from uh, Stacy's book, Line Upon Line. You know, we've been a source of satisfaction to our Father when we have, uh, you know, came in alignment with what He was wanting, when He's been calling us to do. And every time that we make that that choice to spend time with God, you know, He He um, He looks for that partnership. He looks for that fellowship, and we are a source of satisfaction to Him, just as He is a source of satisfaction for us. And uh, this next scripture in Isaiah, I've entitled it God's Promises. And it's 41, uh, 10 through 20. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will hold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed, and this word incensed means to be angry, uh, jealous, zeal, burn up, displeased. Against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and find, and shall not find them. Even them that contended with thee, that they war against thee, shall as as nothing, and as I think thing of nothing. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I am with thee. Fear not, thou worm of Jacob, ye men of Israel. I will help thee, says the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument, having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains, and beat them small, and shalt make the hills a shaft. Thou shalt fan them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them. And thou shalt rejoice in the Lord, and shalt uh, shall uh, glory in the Holy One of Israel. Verse 17. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water, and dry land springs of water. And I will plant in the wilderness the cedar, the shittah tree, the myrtle, and the oil olive. And I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine and the box tree together, that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the, uh, of the Lord hath done this, and the Holy One of Israel hath created it. God will always be with us, and his provisions will never stop. We will, ha we will lack for nothing. And there, uh, this was his promise for Israel, and it is his promise for us too today. God will take care of us. Look at all the promises that, the, uh, the, that we read in the scripture here uh, that God will, you know, we will lack for nothing. He will fight our enemies and he'll bring them down. We just need to stay faithful to our calling. The things we need for ministry, God will provide. In one commentary that I read concerning verse 19 where he talks about all the trees that God had planted, it says, It is designed to show that God would furnish for his people abundant consolation, 
and that he would furnish unanticipated sources of comfort and would remove from them their anticipated trials and calamities. The image refers to the return of the exiles to their own land, that the journey that lay through the Arabia deserts, a vast desert, where they would naturally expect to meet with nothing but barren hills, naked rocks, parched plains, and burning sands, God says that he would bless them in the same manner as if, it, uh, as if in that desolate wilderness he should plant the cedar, the acadia, the myrtle, and the fir tree, and, and should make the whole distance a grove where the fountains would bubble along their way and streams burst forth from the hills. Pretty powerful words. In another commentary, it says that the two groups of four and three trees that God planted make up the number seven. And, um, and it says that it probably has a mystic meaning. Of course, we know that uh, the number seven, you know, is very significant in the Bible. And uh, I wonder, I had wondered when I, you know, prepared this message if uh, it didn't have something lined up with the seven spirits of God. It has to have something to do with the ways of God being the number seven. Um, but I'm not sure that, you know, in correlation. I, I, I kind of did a little study on some of the trees, but I couldn't really pick out anything that I thought was really, you know, definitely significant because it talked more about, you know, their growth and stuff, and I didn't really, you know, relate too much with that. But, but I know that, you know, the number seven is a significant number in the Bible, and it's very, very significant that God planted seven trees and provided them a way for the things that they need. And it just goes to show you that God, God's going to be there for us too, you know. And we're not going to have any lack. I know that, you know, um, we go through stuff, you know, there may seem like there's lack, you know, when, when it's time for ministry. When it's time for us just, you know, maybe to sit down and pay your bills. I mean, but God is going to provide. He's going to provide every single thing that we need. You know, we just have to trust him. We have to stay in that right hand of fellowship and partnership with him. And to, to hear that voice, you know, when the Father speaks. And, and, you know, sometimes we don't have that opportunity where God is speaking to us. But we know that we stand in his presence, that we will have no lack. You know, I don't always hear the Father speak to me when I'm in intercession or in prayer. But I feel his heart. You know, his heart is always right there. And it's a source of comfort, you know, a source of strength for us just to know that his presence is there. And, and even when we don't have that, we know that we stand. You know, nothing, nothing's going to come against us that God doesn't allow. And this next uh, part is this Greek uh, word, pigae, and it means a, a gushing source of supply, a fountain or a well. And it's, I entitled this Sons of God. And it's in Revelation 7, 13 through 17. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which come out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them into living fountains. And this is our word, pegay, of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. 
You know, that's us right there as intercessors. We're before the throne. We're arrayed in white robes, standing before the Father. We have those that have walked out of, the, out of, the, out of darkness into his marvelous light. We, we, have, we, are in the, uh, we were with God day and night in the temple, and God is in the midst of us. We must never forget our placement and our calling before the Father. We sit at his feet, and God will wipe away all of our tears. Powerful words. How can anyone feel lack? We must remember who we are. We are fountains for the Lord. We are wellsprings of water for the Father. And when we think about fountains, uh, what do we think about comes out of a fountain? We think about water. So I want to look at, uh, to, at some of the scriptures about water. And the first issuance of the word is found in uh, Genesis 2, 8 through 10. And it's this Hebrew word meaning shahak. And it means to irritate or furnish a portion to drink. In Genesis 2, 8 through 10. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Water was used in the garden to give nourishment to the very first place uh, where God had established uh, the first place of commune with man. You know, that was the very first place that God established, you know, partnership with man. When he created Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden, and he watered it, and he nourished it, and he um, and made it a beautiful place for them to dwell and um, to have commune with him. Uh, this next verse I entitled, A Servant's Journey, <clears throat> and it's in Genesis 24, 10 through 20. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all of the goods of his master were in his hand, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia, unto the city of Nahar. And he made his camels to kneel down without um, the city by the well of water at the time of the evening even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O oh Lord, God, my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. <clears throat> Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down that pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I will give the camels a drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and therefore shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. And it came to pass before he had done speaking that, behold, Rebekah came out, who was born of Bethel, son of uh, Michal, the wife of Nahar, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her, and she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and, he, and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her head and gave him drink. 
And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again into the well to draw water and drew for all of her camels. <coughs> Rebecca gave the uh, animals water for life. And we give the water of life to people too. The ministry the Lord has called us to will save people from the world. It will draw them out of darkness. It will be a source of life and strength for them, and water will give us direction too, living water. Here in this verse, Rebecca, you know, she didn't probably really even realize it because back then in the custom of their day, was um, it was custom for them to women to be obedient and to do these certain tasks. But, you know, she partnered with God to fulfill the purpose that the Father had. <coughs> and... Um, you know, during that time, she may not even realize, you know, what role she was playing. But, um, you know, the little tasks that we might do in our lives, you know, we, we partner with God to see his will being done, uh, you know, for people's lives as well. I'm going to give a little testimony. And this, is, this has nothing to do with me. I want you to understand this testimony is, is all to glorify the Father. Um, and I feel like, you know, it's, it's just partnership where, you know, we're obedient to God when, when he speaks to us. And we have to just, you know, we have to react and we have to be quick and we have to be faithful. <clears throat> I have known this lady for a very, very long time. And um, I met her, you know, soon after I had moved to Mahaya when I was in my 30s, <coughs> my, my very early 30s. And I had uh, worked at this job. <clears throat> and um, she was one of the workers that worked there with me. And um, so I've known this girl for about 35 years, something in the neighborhood of that. Well, I run into her in the community at the grocery store, Walmart, different places, you know, periodically. And, um, you know, uh, she, she was struggling and going through some, a lot of stuff in her life. Uh, her and her husband had divorced, and she was very torn up about it. And every time I seen her, you know, she wanted to tell me how terrible it was and how awful she was doing and how sick she was. And, you know, all this uh, terrible stuff because, you know, it was, it was very hard on her. Um, she was a Spanish lady, and I'm sure that she was um, probably here on a green card, you know, the, you know, past to work in, the, in, in our country. And um, I don't think she's legal. I'm, I don't know. I'm, we've never discussed it. But um, <clears throat> the place I worked was a furniture factory, and there was a lot of those type of people that they would hire for those different jobs. It was um, – and so um, – you know, she didn't speak real great English, but, you know, we, she, I was, um, um, my position was the lead lady of this department, of the cutting department where I worked, and she was one of the workers that worked under me, and she was very respectful to me of my position. I mean, very submissive, you know, I mean, not that she had to be or anything, but, you know, if I asked her to do something, it was never a question whether she would do it or not. She was very obedient, you know, I mean, she would just do, you know, she would do what she was asked. So. You know, she's had a respect for me that um, that we do for our bosses, kind of like, you know, in this world today, we respect those that are in leadership over us. So I had, um, I had run into her uh, several times in the grocery store and, you know, and I, you know, just told her how good it was to see her and how good she looked and I was hoping that, you know, things would work out for her. But this, a few, uh, a couple of months ago, I ran into her again in the grocery store and the Lord said, pray for her. Just pray for her. 
You know, she's telling me all these terrible things going on with her life. And so I did. I just said, you know, we're going to pray. We're just going to pray right now that God will turn this thing around. And, and I laid my hands on her. And I didn't know at the time, I laid my hand right here, and I didn't know at the time that she was having heart problems. And um, she didn't tell me. She just told me she was sick and all these things. And um, so I laid my hand on her, and, we, and I prayed to her, and I, we had, and I told her, to, you know, that she needed to trust God and that, you know, he was going to be her hero. He was going to turn things around for her and that she needed to, you know, um, trust God. And um, then I went about my business, did my grocery shopping, and went home. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I ran back into her again, and she was a completely different person. I mean, her countenance had changed, and everything in her life had changed. Her husband came back to her. You know, I had prayed for restoration for her marriage and everything when I prayed for her. Her husband came back to her. He came back at very submissive. You know, I want to be your husband. I want to take care of you. I want to, I want you, I want to fix your home, and, and all these things that he came saying he wanted to do for her. And, of course, you know, it, it gave joy to her life. But she said when I prayed for her that I had laid my hand on her, that she felt a warmth through her body and a sensation all the way through her body, and, and she was healed of something. She said she had been sick with her heart and broken English. You know, this is a very broken English conversation. She said she'd been very sick with her heart, but that she's not sick anymore, that God has healed her. Of course, she's thanking me and thanking me, and I said, no, it was God. God did this, you know. We never know that the moment that we're going to be needed by the Lord, what we're going to do in that behalf. And she said her husband has come back to her. And, they, I mean, they had been separated for several years. And he's come back. He is a new man. Uh, they're going to church together. They're serving God. And, and I mean, it was just a transformation of, of individual that I had seen with my own eyes from what I had seen before. And I just give God glory. I mean, that's the way God is going to use us. You know, God is going to use You know, it's been testified that healing is going to come forth from this house. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to happen here. God is going to use us, you know, in the areas that we live in. And when we partner with him to see what he wants done. And Rebecca, she partnered with God as well to see uh, in obedience to, have, uh, to fulfill God's uh, purpose in that situation. We just have to stand faithful. And knowing that, you know, when God, you know, speaks to us about, you know, I mean, and I pray for other people many times. I mean, you know, we, we all do. We go through praying, you know, when we might pray for an individual. And I haven't always seen results. You know, I know God's done something, and I know because he's faithful <clears throat> that he's going to answer our prayers. But that was such a transformation for me, and it was just confirmation of, of you know, we don't, we have to be careful that we just don't that we don't, you know, not listen to that voice when God speaks to us, or if we have an unction of the Holy Spirit, you know, to just pray over an individual, maybe even not even lay hands on them. We don't know the purpose that, you know, that we have and that the calling that we have in our <coughs> lives, what it's really going to do, you know, for, for situations. <coughs> Does anybody have anything they want to comment on? I just find it interesting um, 
So in um, on page two in Revelation, the um, definition of fountains there. It's just like I mean, it's just it's just interesting to me because it's just like God. You read in Genesis and it talks about fountains as a source of satisfaction, a spring. You know, when I think of when I think of spring, when I mean, you think about there's like brooks, there's there's springs, there's geysers, there's rivers, and all these. You know, they're different, right? I mean, uh, if you've ever seen, you know, the, I mean, a, a really big river, it's, you know, it'd be hard to swim across. Yes. It's so forceful. Mm-hmm. Then you see, like, a brook in the woods, and you can, like, step over it. And if you look at the, these definitions, the first two issues, issuances are, um, you know, more a source of satisfaction, a, a, a fountain or a spring springing up. But then when you get into Revelation and you see the um, definition of fountain there, it's a gushing source of A gushing, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not just, you know, uh, it's not just a, a little pleasing fountain for spring, it's gushing. You know, and um, I've never been to those. There's some geysers somewhere where they, I mean, they just like shoot up out of the, like Old Faithful, I think is one of them. Mm-hmm. They, they shoot up out of the ground and they're very forceful. And I think about that. It's, it's that's like that's the way that the Lord deals. I mean, when we when we get to heaven, you know, everything's going to be so magnified beyond our, our, our comprehension. And you know, I, I think you know, we read this and we read first two issuances or Genesis, you know, the, the first book of the Bible, and that, that gusher. You know, and at the end, yeah. What does it say? Yeah. How it has changed right. from a little stream to a gushing. Right. But that's kind of like that's kind of like uh, I mean that's very to me that's real symbolic of what the Lord's doing in these days. You know, I mean, you think about what He's done in the past, and you think about what He's doing as we get closer and closer to the end times, and you think they're speeding up, they're getting faster, they're getting more powerful, they're here. It's just I mean, it's very symbolic to me of uh, the way that the Lord is moving in these end days. That's that's really good, Les. I'm glad you. Uh, <clears throat> picked up on that but <clears throat> that that is really true you know how <clears throat> how things are much more powerful now <clears throat> and when we're looking at the next uh, scriptures here I want I want to look in a, 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 I want our focus to be on the meaning of the word in reference to abundance <coughs> uh, and I entitled this happiness of the godly and in Psalms 1, 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the way of sinners, nor, nor, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his seasons, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Our fruit that we bear will be in abundance, and whatsoever that we do, we will prosper. We, you know, when we're looking for the Father, there'll be no lack. It'll be just exactly what needs to be done. 
God will provide just exactly what we need in the spirit and just exactly what we need in all of our provisions. And it says, and our delight will be in the law of the Lord. And that law is his, his commandments, his word, the things that, um, that he speaks about in, in the Bible. And, you know, we do. We meditate upon them day and night. And in this next scripture, uh, Psalms 42, 1 through 2, and it says, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my Lord, my soul, after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And I refer back to the psalm that the Lord had given me um, by Rena Springer. And some of the uh, verses, uh, lyrics in this song uh, says, O oh Lord, everything we are is because of you, O oh Lord. All our fountains are in you. Everything that we desire, everything that we hunger for, God is going to be our source of strength and a source of satisfaction. And everything we are is because of God, and everything we will ever be is because of him. When we stay focused at the right hand in partnership with him. And this next uh, verse is Psalms um, 107, 33 through 36. He turneth river, rivers into wilderness, and a water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water, and dry grounds into water springs, and there he maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city of habitation. And uh, Proverbs 25, 21 through 22. And if thy, if thy enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. If thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. You know, uh, we have, you know, our, here it says that we are to give our enemies abundance to drink. That we are to pour blessings upon their head. We're not supposed to turn our anger or our disappointment into wrath, you know. We're supposed to, um, you know, turn the cheek and, and trust God. You know, there, there may be things that come against us, you know, um, people that aren't in alignment with, you know, our thinking and our calling. And we can't rise up against them, though. You know, we have to stand faithful to the, uh, you know, what God has called us to do. In Isaiah 12, uh, 2 through 6, it says, Behold, God is my salvation, and I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you drink water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall you say, Praise the Lord. Call upon the name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all of the earth. Cry out, shout out, cry out and shout, thou habitation of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Behold, God is our source, our strength, our salvation, and our song. All we have to do is draw from that, that well.
Does anybody have any comments? This next part I've, um, <clears throat> I've entitled Water Used for Baptism, um, and it's where uh, Jesus was baptized. And the word, uh, the Greek word here is the word hador, and it means water as if rainy and in, in abundance. And it's um, Matthew 3, 11 through uh, 16. It says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the shaft uh, with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto, unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and cometh thou to me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it be so, so now, for thus it become us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffereth him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. In verse 17, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This is John the Baptist baptizing Jesus. And in verse 15, Jesus says, Suffer it be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus' desire was to fulfill his Father's wish. And the word righteousness uh, means vision. And he was going to fulfill, to fulfill his father's plan for eternity. And it was his destiny to be baptized before going to heaven, and he knew it. And verse 17 says, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. You know, the father is saying that about us. Those that stand faithful to the father and partner with him. You know, those, those words, you know, he's speaking to us as well. When... Uh, when we took the calling of partnership as intercessors before the Father, God has been very pleased. We are sons of God. God is very pleased of our partnership. And you may not hear those words audibly spoken to you on a daily basis, but I want to speak them to you right now. And I want to speak them to the network. That you are God's beloved son. And he is very pleased with you. Then I want to say that again. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, You are his beloved son, and in whom he is well pleased. God is very pleased. Don't ever think that you're insignificant. Don't ever think that, that you're not fulfilling the Father's wish. You've, you've taken the calling. You're walking out of uh, darkness into the light. You're going throughout the day. You're doing everything you know to do for the Father. God is very pleased. He's very, very pleased. You are his beloved sons. You are, you are very, very, each one of you have, play a role, and each one of you are very, very important to God. Every one of us have a different calling and a different place that God has placed us in. But when we stand faithful before the throne, God is very pleased. You are his beloved son. This next scripture is um, another interpretation where uh, Jesus was baptized, and it's in Mark. Uh, 
and it's 1, 18 through 13. I indeed have baptized you with water, but you have you, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth uh, uh, of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. And straightway, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven, saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the, there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts and the angels ministering unto him. You know, um, it doesn't say here in this uh, scripture that those were the times where Jesus was fasting. But he was fasting during that time. And I know many of you, or many of us, you know, are in a season of fast right now. And, uh, you know, it can be difficult. Kind of can be a hard thing to do, you know. Especially, when, you know, to, uh, you know, in front of our family, people that we know. Or, you know, even at work, you don't eat lunch. You know, they're questioning you, why aren't you eating? You know, um, we just have to stand faithful to the place that God's called us. We're not going to fit into the world. And everything that we do is not going to be in agreement with but we just have to know that, you know, when God's called us into a place, that it's always there for a reason, always there for a purpose. And um, so I just want to encourage you during this time to, you know, stand faithful to, to where you're at and uh, trust God for the things that he's, you know, asking, asking of you during this season. Is there any comments? Well, I've entitled this uh, next portion, A Cup of Water. And it's in Mark 9, 39 through 41. And it says, But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Whatever we're doing for God is, you know, we're gaining, we're gaining rewards from the Father, but we don't do it for the reward. We do it because we, we love God and we're in partnership with him. But we have to be careful how we act and what we say, and our actions can hinder our ability to be effective in the kingdom. The scripture here says so. Evil here means to not represent Christ like we should. When it is all finished in our lives, our reward is in heaven. And we must never forget that this life is temporal and we are only here for a season. And we must make every one of our actions count. This next part I entitled Salvation. And it's John 3, 3 through 8. Verse 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot come into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus uh, answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, 
ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it lists, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You know, everyone must experience a transformation in order to go to heaven. And salvation is a plan of God for our lives. And we were all born sinners thanks to the fall of man. And water baptism is important. And I know that we're going to have a water baptism in our next seminar. That's going to be very interesting to experience. <laughs> for Pastor too. <laughs> But I mean spiritually, it's going to be very powerful, I feel. I feel it's going to be very powerful. So I entitled this next section, A Water for Life. And it's in John 4, 10 through 14. And it says, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me water to drink, thou wouldn't have asked of him, and he would have given, him, given thee living water. The woman saying unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep from whence then hast thou that living water thou greater than our father Jacob which gave us the well and drank thereon himself and his children and his cattle Jesus answered and said unto her whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again but whosoever drinketh of the water that I have shall that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Many will come looking for the water that we have to give. They will not understand at first just like the woman at the well. She didn't understand what Jesus was referring to. The water of the Spirit that was given to us will change their life forever just as it did with the woman at the well. And I want to close with these scriptures in Revelation. In Revelation 21, 6. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And in Revelations 22, 1. And he showeth me a pure river of water of life. Clear, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in Revelations 22:17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. So I say to us as a network, for those of you, uh, for, those, uh, for those to come and walk alongside of us, and experience the water of life because what God is giving us freely we have received we freely give so that was my teaching for today I hope that it blessed you are there any comments anybody has anything they want to add and add to the lesson Well, I like the analogy of the fountain because in every one of these verses there's an endless supply. Yes, he is our endless supply. Then. Yeah. Draw from. And he's our source and our, and our delight. 
and we'll like nothing when we um, stand faithful to him and his calling for us. Cece, I was thinking of your testimony about your friend and, you know, going back to that uh, scripture in Mark 9, so on page 5, how we give a cup of water. You know, Jesus is the fountain of life, you know, and he gives water freely. It's just in super abundance. But all he's asking us to do is give a cup of water. And, um, and there's more to be gained through seeking him, but he's asking us to give a cup of water. And you just very obediently gave a cup of water to that woman, and look how it has completely changed her life. Right. So it doesn't take a lot. 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 It just takes obedience and, and you know, hearing that voice and being obedient. Sammy, I, I hearken back to what you're saying, but to what she said that sometimes she didn't get the same feedback or know that something actually occurred in someone's life. But, you know, the thing that we, um, I guess the important factor was that it changed her life. So even if you prayed for 100 people and that was the only one that you saw any you know, thing happen in their life. And you don't know what God did with anybody else. I mean, mm-hmm. it's his, you know, it's his bidding. It's it's his will in their lives. And I'm sure he used our prayers to affect his will upon them in some way. But to see that kind of fruitfulness occur only happened because you did that. And I think that's something we need to keep in mind that, you know, we, we're not looking for results. We're just looking to do what we're led to do regardless and uh, and know that you know, that one person makes all the times that you stepped out obedience worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, and also too, I feel like it's the season that we're in. You know, it's just confirmation of the season that we're in, of where you know we're going to be seeing miracles. We're going to be seeing God, you know, answering prayers, you know, quickly, and we're going to see a, a you know a mighty transformation from what we have seen in the past. And I, I feel like it's, you know, the timing. You know, it all, all has to do with God's timing. You know, it's not about us. It's about God's timing for that, for the, whatever situation we're going through or we encounter. Anyone else? You see, I like the uh, Isaiah 41 passage. There's, as, as you were reading it, I was just kind of jotting down some things. There's, you know, in, in verse 10, it talks about fear. Um, fear is something that we all face as intercessors. And then it brings in the idea of being, not being dismayed. And that's, I did some teachings on that. And I know what that means. But it, it starts off with that. But then immediately God starts to say, in the midst of fear and in the midst of dismay, I will do certain things. And he uses those, those action verbs. And so I just started looking through all this. And it says, he says, I will strengthen, I will help, I will make, I will open, I will plant, I will set. All of these things that he says he will do, but it's in the midst of um, fear, and it's in the midst of being dismayed, and it never ceases to amaze me, no matter what we're going through, and no matter what goes on in our human natural mind, God knows exactly what we're facing, and he knows we can't do it on our own. And he's there to tell us, I mean, we, we could really just talk a lot about that, but um, how, 
think about how, how he's going to open up rivers and high places, fountains and valleys. Um, um, and, and, and verse 20, I just, and I'll say this and I'll be done, but all of that being said, you come down to verse 20, and, and he gives some of the reasons why he's doing it. So that they may, here's a fourfold progression, see, know, consider, and understand that the hand of Yahweh has done this. And then he brings in the Holy One of Israel as created. And I, I think that's, that's, that's phenomenal to see that. And we, as, as intercessors, we need to just remember, no matter how dark it gets and how we sense the darkness and see it and feel it, we need to remember that light is coming. Light is here. And we're there to represent Him. And, and he's, gonna ex he's exposing the darkness and He's releasing His white light. And those are things that we need to focus on, not not magnifying our fear, not magnifying dismay, even though you feel it. You can, I mean, you can quote 15 million verses, but if God says you're in this because I placed you here, yeah. it is not going away. I don't care how many verses you fling out. You know, the Apostle Paul did. I mean, and he said, you know, my grace is sufficient. So we just need to know that grace will come and, and, and we'll sense that and be elevated above but it's only, it's only when God says, okay, you've walked through this with me. Now it's time to transition. And so anyway, that's, I, I just you know, that whole passage. There. And I also feel that, you know, we're going to be placed in some uncomfortable situations, you mm -hmm. know, in our life. There's going to be some things that we're going to have to walk through. But God is going to miraculously, you know, this right here in Isaiah, God is going to miraculously see us through every everything we've got. I mean, you might have to go through it, but the hand of God's going to be with you. And you're going to see that, that when you get through, you know, the journey that you're on, that the, hand, the mighty hand of God has been there, you know, to lead you through and to, to be your comforter. And you see, I was, when you, when Mark started talking about that, the verse that came up was um, just the opposite scenario. So Jesus is being baptized. He's having this amazing encounter with the Father. I'm pleased with you. You're my son. Now I'm going to send you into the wilderness. So you come. You have this mountaintop experience. You're being. You're basically being commissioned. The stamp of approval has. You know, is being given to you. And then you're driven into a situation of darkness, of encountering the enemy, of in, of having to endure something on his behalf. And either situation, because because it's like that anyway. It's mountaintops, you know, valley, mountaintop, valley. It's always, you know, it's always kind of um, in that way. Um, you know, the thing we always have to keep in mind, no matter what, is that we know we're sent. We know we're there for a purpose, and that He's going to provide. I mean, He's going to do what He has sent you there to do. But you know, I I can remember <clears throat> probably it's probably been 20 years now. Now that we're in the the 20s. But I remember being in worship, and we had this phenomenal worship time. I mean, at the end, it was just complete jelly-fied. You know, we were completely spent and just overwhelmed with his presence. But as soon as everyone left, and I was about to leave, the thought that came to my mind is, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? Because any time I would have some phenomenal experience like that, it's like being driven into the wilderness as soon as that is over. And, and, he's, and he's driven by, by being led by the breath into that. Yes. I mean, I mean, that's, but, 
I mean, there's hell to come. Yep. <laughs> you can't blame that and say that with the elders in there. No, it's that he was led by the spirit, the pneuma. Yeah, but you're you're being filled and equipped, and you're being given everything in order to do that, in order to yeah. to withstand and to um, just fulfill whatever he has for you in that season. But but still, my mind, I knew. I mean, I knew, and I was like, <gasps> and I'll, you know, that fear kind of kind of gripped me because I knew something unknown was about to happen, something that was going to be, you know, dreadful. It was going to be hard. And, of course, I knew it was going to be okay, but after having been through that a few times, it's like you kind of know how things <laughs> how things operate in the spirit. And um, anyway, but, yeah, I mean, we're going to know some phenomenal Times and some phenomenal outpourings and some visitations and things that he's going to do on our behalf. But we're also going to know some very dark moments in the midst of those things. Things we're going to have to walk through. Things we're going to have to encounter because those things have to be overcome. And there's there's no other way to do it. We have to overcome. I mean, there's no other way. And then the thing about that that uh, uh, reminds me, Stacy, we have to, we have to continue to press in, even though we know that when we get done, there's going to be a battle. You know, we can't quit pressing. We can't stop pressing. Even though we know that when we've been on the mountaintop and we come down, you know, it's going to be something that we're going to have to face, an uncomfortable situation. But we have to know, like you said, that we've been equipped to overcome and that God is going to take care of everything that we go through. I mean... And he's overseeing it. It's not like it took him by surprise. It's not like, oh my God, I didn't see that coming. Oh, well, I hope she can make it. You know, he totally is ordering our steps. So right. he knows what's up, and he knows what we must overcome. He knows the battle must happen. He knows the encounter and the confrontation with the evil and the darkness must occur. And we are the ones that have to do it. That's the way it's been set up. And so, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things we always, you know, we always revert to, oh, woe is me, or what have I done, or how has this happened, or where have I screwed up, or... You know, I mean, because that atmosphere brings those thoughts. It brings hopelessness. It brings defeat. It brings all those things. And that's what the enemy's hoping for, that we'll totally fall for that line when that's just an atmosphere that he's creating. But there's no other way to defeat the enemy than to confront him. So um, if we can, that, that's why our perspective is so important. And God is just actually just hammering that continually what our perspective is in these in these times where we are troubled and confronted and challenged and and yes he's using our own lives to to show us you know because when it comes to the battle the epic battle and the moments of the spirit then we're prepared mentally we can we can um, keep our minds stayed upon the lord you know, we can, we're able to overcome our own selves. Because that's really what we're overcoming, right. is our own selves. But anyway. That's right. That's really, really. That's a good teaching. That's <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. See, see, I think, too, you know, the thing that Nick Tammy was talking about earlier is the, uh, the thing that happened with the, um, really, that's that's an example of, um, consider the month we're in and the timing of when God led you to her, let you know hey, that was a grace cure and a remedy that was provided, or gifts of healings that begin to manifest. So that's an indication, too, that we're in his timing, and right. um, it's just really, really cool to see those things 
come to pass in, 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 in the month that we're in. So. Well, I wanted to give that testimony because I felt it was very significant to where we're at, mm -hmm. you know. And I was first of all, you know, it was nothing that I did. You know, it was all God, and but it was in timing with God because I'd encountered this woman several times. You know, I prayed with her before. You know, but it was a significant time in the timing of the Lord. You know, when God, you know, did a miraculous work in her life. He did bring a remedy. Yes, yeah, a remedy came for her life, and I just, you know, I th I thank the Lord. We don't never know, you know, we don't know how we're going to be affected. We just have to know that we have to. Do the work. We have to do the work where we're called. Honey, that um, Psalms one it brought my mind back to whenever I was in the sixth grade. I had a teacher that she quoted that every morning before class started, and it was during the time that um, my brother and I we were fixing to change over and move in with our aunts after Mama died. But I always remembered that teacher, and that brought me back to the day that, the last day that I was in school with her. And it just means a lot. Yeah, the keeping power of the word. Yes. Yes, you know, those things that we hear as a child, you know, they, they stick with us. And they do. They minister, you know, minister our minister to our. I'll spirit. never forget that teacher. <clears throat> Those are the things that you know we carry with us, uh, you know, throughout our life. So. Well, I uh, thank y'all for all of your comments, and I appreciate the opportunity to to share God's work with y'all today. So, y'all go and have a blessed day. And uh, I want to close with, in prayer. Father, we just thank you for an opportunity to um, stand before you and honor you and serve you, Father, in the capacity that you called each one of us to. Each one of us are placed in, a, in different scenarios in our life. And uh, as Tammy, I mean, as um, Tammy and Stacy have both said, you know, it's in your timing and in your calling. And let us be called faithful. Let us be stand. Let's let us be ready, and let us be uh, be called faithful to stand in partnership with you. And in your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.